proclaiming the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preparing a people for the kingdom of heaven, preserving a posterity for the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Key of David podcast. It's being brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. I will be your host. My name is Charles, and I want to give God glory and thank this morning. Thank him for another opportunity in which to give him glory and praise, to be an instrument, to be a willing vessel for him to use in order to bless someone else's heart. This is what this podcast is all about, listener. It is giving you something that you can build your life upon, something that you can place in your life, in your spirit, in your heart, that you can stand on in these last days because we live in a time where we need to stand on God's word more than ever before. We need that sweet Holy Spirit leading and guiding and directing everything that's done. We want to give him praise today and thank him for this podcast. Thank you, listener, for tuning in for downloading this podcast, for streaming it, for listening in. I hope that something that's said in the next little while will bless your heart. I hope your heart is prepared and ready to hear what the Lord has in store for you today. While I'm welcoming you, I want to welcome also to the podcast my brother and partner in the ministry, my friend Scott. Scott, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. It's good to be back on the podcast again. And uh, I thank you, like Charles has already said, we thank you for downloading, for streaming, for listening to these podcasts. We know it's a busy schedule and it's a busy time, and we surely appreciate you for taking the time to download and listen to these podcasts. And it is my prayer, and I know it's Charles's, that you're being fed, that you're being blessed, that you're being delivered, that you're being freed, that your mind is being renewed that you're stronger with each podcast because we are in love with your soul. Whoever you are listening to these podcasts, we are in love with your soul this morning and we want you to be blessed even as we are being blessed because the Lord Jesus is just that good and that great that he hands out blessings upon blessings. Charles, it's good to be here. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, thanking God for another opportunity to represent him, to be an ambassador and a witness of his goodness, to always have a reason for the hope that's found in us. And my hope is in Jesus Christ, and I thank him today. Scott, I have a scripture. You know how I like to read a promise from God to our listeners that they can be reminded of, a promise that they can build their lives on. This promise comes from the book of Hosea. It's chapter 10 and it's verse 12. And it says, So to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. So see, the promise is, listener, that God will rain righteousness upon you and that you will reap mercy. But as all of his promises are, they are conditional, meaning that there's a part in which you must play in order to benefit from God's blessings. It says to sow in righteousness and to break up your fallow ground. That word fallow there means hard. I know that before a seed can grow in the ground, Scott, the ground must be toiled. It must be broken up. It must be cultivated and ready for that seed to sprout. 
the ground always represents in the heart the hearts of man and our hearts are the ground in which god's seed is sown so if we sow into the ground and we've broken that ground up then we speak the lord we can be assured that his promise is that he will come and rain righteousness upon that seed and it will bear forth fruit so i challenge you and encourage you listener sow that word of god in your heart break up your fallow ground how do you do that with prayer with praise and worship prayer praise and worship break up that ground of the heart and make it soft make it ready to receive god's word make it ready to take root in god's word and to bear forth fruit worthy of god's repentance god's praise god's salvation and bring god glory so i encourage you to do that this morning scott before we get started in today's material we want to go to the lord in prayer we want to give the holy spirit complete control of this podcast i know that you have a list of names that we have been calling out before god just a moment i'm going to have you call those names out but at the same time that you call those names out and pray for this podcast Pray that everyone will heed that promise I read, that they will sow righteousness and reap mercy, that they will take the time to break up the ground of their heart so that it will receive today's word that's on this podcast and bear forth fruit so that God can get the glory. Would you go over that list and would you pray for us? I will definitely pray. Listener, let's come together whatever time that you're listening to this podcast, whatever time of day, it doesn't matter. We can still be together in proxy in this prayer. I want you to come under the the gift of the Holy Spirit right now because he is going to listen. He is going to hear, and these uh, needs are going to be met that we're about to call out. I want to remind you of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, if you haven't read it, those guys that go through what they call the chapters called the Hall of Faith. And it goes through, Charles, the list of those people that subdued kingdoms, that wrought righteousness, that stopped the mouths of lions, that gained promises that you were talking about through faith. Now, I want you to encourage you this, whatever day you're listening, I want to say the time I'm in, but whatever day you're listening to this, whatever time you're listening to this, I want to encourage you that every prayer that's prayed is not in vain. Every call that you call out on Jesus is not in vain. Charles, it's so easy in our flesh to forget that the eyes of the Lord, this is a promise too, we're all about promises here on this podcast, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro looking for somebody. He He can show himself mighty to, he can show himself powerful to, he can show himself faithful to, and to go back to that hall of faith, it's all about throwing everything you believe into that prayer, everything you got. And that's what I'm asking right now with me when we pray, when Charles and I pray for these list of names, for these things, I want you to throw everything you got. Now, you, the devil will fight you and say, you ain't got nothing to give. You ain't got nothing to throw. Thank goodness Jesus said all it takes is a mustard seed. I don't know if any of y'all ever seen a mustard seed. I was rebuked the first time that I saw it, Charles. <laughs> Because it's the smallest of seeds. It wouldn't even cover my little fingernail. It was so small. And I looked at that thing, and Jesus' words came. 
If you'll have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it'll be plucked up and cast into the sea. I'm asking you that are listening this morning with what belief you've got, with what little faith you have, what little knowledge that you possess, knowing that Jesus can do anything above what we can ask or think. I want you to throw that into this prayer, and we will see the needs of these people on this list met. I believe that I'm going to hear, and Charles, we've already been hearing good reports. Thank you, Jesus. We've already been hearing good comebacks, but we're going to hear even more because we're going to believe for these people, and we're going to believe for this podcast this morning. I'm asking you, take everything you got. Take you a deep breath, rare back when we pray, and give everything you got into this prayer, and watch the power of God move for these situations. We're going to pray for Jeremiah. we still got the same list of names. Praying, I don't want to go down through them. Jeremiah, we're still praying for you. David and Danielle, we're still praying for you. Amanda, we're still praying for you. David, we're still praying for you. Melissa, Hunter, Chris, Ben, Amanda, number two, we're still praying for you. Annabelle, we still got you on our heart. Trey, Christy, Fodell, Billy, Tina, Joy, Joe, and Charles. Well, these are different people, although they might have the same names. But we're praying for you this morning. We're going to pray right now for that and for this podcast. Now, Charles just mentioned, again, one more time, Charles just mentioned breaking up your fallow ground. Wherever you're at, you might be at work right now. That's okay. Continue to work. And in your mind and in your soul, pray with me. You might be at home listening to this podcast. Stop what you're doing right now. Turn away from that TV or that radio. Stop what you're doing and join with me. Whatever you're doing right now, join with me. It's most important because the prayers of God's people affect change, Charles. They make change. Father, we thank you this morning. God, that you're hearing our prayer. God, that your eyes are open and your ears are open to your children's cries. And Lord, your children cry this morning. And I pray for these people that are on this list. God, there are many needs on this list. They're different in nature. But Lord, there is not one thing on this list that is impossible for you. You raised a dead man to life four days dead. You healed all manner of sickness and disease. The writer in the gospel said everything that you did had been wrote down. There wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain the power that you possessed and that you wielded. God, you had compassion on the people when you walked on this earth through the things that they went through because they were blind, because they had leprosy, because they were low in finances, because they had sin in their life and were caught in it. But you had compassion. And God, I know that the word declares you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That same compassion that brought that man at the pool of Bethesda back on his feet. Same compassion today. Same compassion that healed the leprosy. Same compassion right now. I know you have. I know you never change. And Lord, we pray for these people right now. Whatever need it is, if it's sickness, if it's finances, God, if it's depression, if it's fear, if it's spirits sent from hell to destroy somebody, God, I know this morning that you are going to meet those needs. God, that you are going to touch these people. Charles and I and the listeners stand in the 
agreement, God, and we meet the requirements. And God, I know you're going to meet your end. You always do. You're always faithful to meet your end. And God, I know you're going to meet these needs today. I know I'm going to hear good reports. I know I'm going to get the shout. God, I'm asking for a blessing. And that blessing is that you touch these people one by one by one. And let me see the power of God move on these people. I'm asking for that blessing this morning. And God, I know I'm going to receive it. God, I thank you this morning for this podcast that today on this podcast, the fallow hard ground that is our hearts, because we've let it happen, Jesus, it's our fault. Lord, through the trials of life, through the struggles, we've let our heart get a little bit hard. We get it a little bit stiff. But God, I know today you're going to break up that fallow ground. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to come into this podcast in a mighty, powerful way. I'm asking you to go out, God, through this recording and touch everyone that dares to listen and break up our fallow ground and renew the joys of our salvation. God, renew, God, the hope that was in us. Put a smile back on our face, God. Maybe we shed a tear in a long time. God, open our hearts and renew our joy this morning and let us rest. Father, this world, this world is so chaotic. This world is so evil. This world has so much to make us worry as a child of God. But Lord, that is not our inheritance. That is the inheritance of the devil to worry and fear. And I refuse to accept that. God, I want the peace of the Holy Spirit. I want the joy of the Holy Spirit. I want the hope of the Holy Spirit. I want the hope that you can give me, Lord, that doesn't change, that doesn't fall away. And I pray for every listener this morning that they receive that into their heart right now where they're at at the work at the home driving down the road that all of a sudden the wind begins to blow all of a sudden peace comes upon them all of a sudden hope just fills their heart and their mind and god i pray that they have to raise a hand they got to pull the car over and raise a hand in joy and thankfulness and god i thank you this morning you're going to do it not a thing that i've said is impossible for you I know you can do it. And I give you praise that you're going to touch Charles. You're going to give him the unction and power of God to teach us the word today. And we give you the praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' name we ask. And amen. 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 Good prayer, Scott. Thank you, God. I know that that prayer is going to make a difference. Like Scott said before, we have already received reports of God's goodness And we're going to continue to do so because we believe in faith that once we pray, God is heard and God will move. And I like what Scott said. I know that while Scott and I are making this recording, it may be the certain day for us in the morning, but it it does not matter when you listen to it. If you join your faith with that prayer, that prayer is just as effective three days from now when you pray it or listen to this podcast as it is the day that Scott stated that prayer from his heart, because we serve a God that's not limited by time and space as we are. The prayer you pray today can be answered a hundred years from now. And God is no respecter of persons. He will not listen to one person and not the other, but his ears are attended to the cry of his children. And I thank God that no matter what day it is, if you joined your faith with Scott, you can expect God to move in your situation. Amen. Amen. Scott, we have been on a series now in this podcast for quite some time. 
This is the 18th week that we are currently in the series that we are in, which is called the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Our objective in this, in this current series is to inform and instruct and encourage the listener to discover that third person of the Trinity, to discover that person called the Holy Spirit, who it's all about him this time right now. Listener, when Jesus fulfilled his calling, when Jesus, when he completed his work and he gave his life on the cross, he opened the way in a highway of holiness for the Holy Spirit to come and abide in us and mold us and make us and shape us into the image of Jesus Christ. He handed off the ministry as he was ascending into heaven. He handed off the ministry to the Holy Spirit. And now it is through the Holy Spirit that we live and move and breathe and have our being and complete this work that Jesus started in us the day that we were saved. And we've been on this series for 18 weeks. And I hope and pray that so far you have become more knowledgeable, you've become more understanding of that third person of the Trinity, that you've stopped ignoring him, and that you've actually started cultivating that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, because it is up to him to start and complete this work in us of righteousness, of being made into the image of Jesus Christ, of getting us to the throne of God and getting us home one day. Scott, this is not only the 18th week in the series, but it's actually the second week that we started talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. We spent several weeks on the gifts of the Spirit. Now we're on the fruit of the Spirit. That's one of the reasons why I read that scripture from Hosea about sowing to ourselves righteousness and breaking up that fallow ground because what causes the fruit of the Spirit to grow is the condition of the ground or of our heart. Just like I said, the fruit will bear forth. God will be faithful. Whatever's inside will come out, but it will only come out if you take the time to sow to the spirit, to reap, to, to allow God to sow into your life, his word, his spirit, his Holy Ghost, and then you can be reassured the fruit will appear and begin to manifest itself in your life. Scott, we need to have a refresher of a memory about the fruit of the Spirit. So if you would, if you'll read in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 16 through 25 for us. Galatians, chapter 5, verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things 
shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Scott, there's a few things that I want to make clear before we get started in today's material. I want to make sure that the listener understands. The book of Galatians, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Galatia. So the first thing you need to realize and understand, listener, is Paul is not addressing unbelievers. Mm -hmm. Paul is not talking to those people who are not saved. Paul is addressing and speaking to people who call themselves Christians who have made a claim that they follow and are disciples of Jesus Christ. So the first thing you need to realize before we get into today's material is he is not talking to someone who is not saved. A lot of people want to read over these works of the spirit, Scott, or works of the flesh, rather. And they want to attribute those to unbelievers. Mm -hmm. But what he's saying here, Paul is saying that these works can be made evident in a believer's life if they are not being led by the spirit. Now, mm. it says to walk in the spirit and be led by the spirit. What does that mean? That means that you, listener, have a decision and a choice to make every day of your life. Paul said it this way in the book of Romans, chapter 12. He said, present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Meaning that you have a choice to make, listener. Once you were born again, once you gave your heart to Jesus and you accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you then were set free from the law of sin and death. But that did not stop you from choosing to yield your members and your flesh to continue to do those things which are against God's law. You are no longer under the law of sin, meaning that once you're, see, Scott, when you're an unbeliever, it's like an instinct in a dog. A dog is born yeah. with certain instincts, and he will follow those instincts. A dog is going to act like a dog. And he's going to do that because the dog is in his DNA. A, a person who has not been born again, by nature, by the sin nature, by the DNA that they were born with, they are Adam. automatically going to follow the law of sin and death. They're going to commit these sins. They're going to follow after whatever their flesh tells them to do. Mm -hmm. And if it feels good, they're going to do it. And that's what's going to govern their lives. But once they give their heart to Jesus, that curse, that instinct, that nature is broken. However, the, the will to do those things is still present, meaning mm -hmm. that even though you've been broken from the nature of it, you still have the ability to do so if you choose to. So we must make a choice. Scott. Joshua said it this day. He said, choose you this day. So mm -hmm. it's not a choice that you make one time. 
So here, here's something that Scott and I believe, listener, and I hope you believe it as well. Salvation is not a one-time event. It's a perpetual event, mm. meaning that once you are born again, you are continuing to be saved every day until you make heaven your home. That every day you have the opportunity to choose which master you will serve. Mm-hmm. You can serve your flesh or you could serve your spirit or the spirit. You can either be controlled by what your will and your flesh wants, or you can be controlled by the word and by the Holy ghost. But that does not mean that you are an unbeliever. It just means that you still have a will. You still have the ability to sin. You have to make that choice listener, whether you want to yield yourself to your flesh or yield yourself to the control of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they that walk in the Spirit will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. But it also says, and I want to make sure we're going to, Scott, we're going to talk about these works of the flesh. I believe with all of my heart that if Paul was led by the Holy Spirit to take the time to write them out, we should take the time to look at them and see exactly what they are. But before we do so, I want to mention, and I'll probably mention again before this podcast is over, what it says in verse 21, they that do these things will not, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, remember, listener, he's talking to he's talking to Christians. He's Mm. talking to believers. He's talking to those people who claim to be born again. And he's saying, if you choose to sow to the flesh, if you choose to allow your flesh to control your life, then the end result will be that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you do not allow the Holy Spirit to control your life, then eventually it will lead you to a place where you forfeit the kingdom of God. Now, Scott, let's talk about these works. The works of the flesh are started or mentioned in verse 19, and they go through verse 21. Now, before we get into them, I just want to say this is not an all-inclusive list. This is not one of those lists that a lot of people like the Beatitudes God have taken and said, well, I'm going to work on this one, and I'm going to choose this one, and I'm not going to choose that one. There are a lot of people that look at this list of works of the flesh and they say, well, I don't do any of these, but it's not an all inclusive list. It says, and such like in verse 21, meaning that these are just examples of being led by the flesh. These are just examples of allowing your flesh to decide how you're going to govern your life. But there are a lot of these that a lot of people read over Scott. And because they are, words that we don't use in today's vernacular anymore because these are words that we're not accustomed to. We may not know exactly what they mean. We might be surprised to learn what some of these works of the flesh actually are. Now, Scott, I believe you have a list of definitions from good old Webster. Noah Webster defined a lot of these things and we're going to go over those, but we may also if time willing, or in the next podcast, we're going to talk about the original tongue that this, the original language that this book was written in 
back when Paul penned this letter and find out exactly what these works of the flesh are. Mm. But let's read those three verses again, and I'll read them. And then, Scott, I want you to start commenting on what you did in your own study time. You found out what a lot of these words mean. It says in verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling. Now, Scott, let's talk about these. Now, some of them are self-explanatory, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on those. But there are some here that a lot of people may not understand what they mean. So I'm going to turn it over to you and let you talk about them. Uh, that was wonderful, Charles, how you laid that out. And and just not, not to say that you didn't do a good job. You did an awesome job. Just for my benefit that's on my heart, before we get into these definitions, let's let's say this one more time. Charles, this was the churches in Galatia. Yep. This was a, a, I don't know if I, some say it was a handful, five or six churches that were in Galatia, which at that time represented what's a, a, for, for your reference around Western Turkey, around in that area, they, they had set up these churches. Charles, correct me if I get this wrong, but history wise, it was around the area of Western Turkey up above where Israel is today in those around close to Greece. And he was writing this letter, Charles, li listen to me, listener. There were people that were coming in trying to destroy the liberty that they had in Christ. There were people coming in trying to say, well, that's great. You believe in Jesus, but you're going to have to do this along with this. Now, Paul says it like this, what they were trying to do. A little leaven. These are just a few verses above what Charles just read. A little leaven leavens the whole lump see here's the thing not only are you throwing seeds but satan's trying to throw seeds as well if this helps you to look at it this way and charles just a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump now let's rephrase that in today's vernacular it just takes a drop of poison to poison the whole barrel left unchecked left yep. unattended left undealt with now who we're not talking to this morning are people who are fighting in the spirit against giving in to these works of the flesh. You, you that are feeling the temptation, you that are fighting against such things, you that are saying, I sense the enemy trying to put one of these or more than one of these in my life. And I'm fighting against it. I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm reading, not talking to you. You keep doing exactly what you're doing because you're right in the will of God. But Charles, who we are talking to are people and, and I've got a little bit of mercy this morning. I ain't totally angry. I got a little bit of mercy because they have been told through damnable doctrine this yep. morning, wrong doctrine, that they can say a prayer, get saved, and continue to do these things at will, and you're still going to walk into God's heaven. I hope you heard what Charles, and I say this in love. Charles says it in love. I hope you heard what he said. This was written, written to the churches in Galatia, to saved born-again believers, a warning that states those who do these things willfully, unrepentedly, continually chained to these things, not trying to break free, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, ma'am, sir, 
If you don't inherit the kingdom of God, you sure ain't going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. You sure Amen. not going to walk through the streets of gold. And, and uh, Charles, what makes me angry is that there are preachers, there are ministries, there are churches out here that are telling these people all the day long, you don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. You're going to go to heaven. Liar, liar, pants on fire. And Charles and I are sounding the alarm this morning. Get away from anyone that says something like that. Get away from any church that tells you you can sin all day long. Is God the minister of sin? God forbid. But we, through the Spirit, have the freedom to break free of these things. Charles, let me add this too, and I'll get into it. I promise. But <laughs> in looking at my study, in looking at my study, we, we are throwing that phrase, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Now, that makes it sound like it's some ethereal thing, that it's, that it's some ghostly manifestation of a thing. And, and the, the, the Spirit of God is in the spiritual realm. Yes, it is. But if you go back and you do your due diligence, preacher, and pastor, you should be telling your congregation this. The original writing for walk in the spirit means this. This was the words that it was used. It is used in an ethereal connotation or sense. And it means I conduct my life. I do the things that please the father and the spirit. So they'll want to live there. I'll look in the word, Charles, and I'm walking what the word tells me to walk in. And if you start walking in what the word tells you to walk in, the spirit's going to automatically come. Now we're walking in the spirit because I'm not going to look on that woman to lust. I'm not going to be tempted to look at that pornography. Oh, I, I better quit. I'm getting into the definitions, ain't I? Okay, let me, let me back up. Let me back up. Please listen to what we're saying. This is a dangerous trap. This is important for your soul. We say yeah. it in mourning in love. Please listen. All right. Charles started with adultery. This is some of these, like he said, pretty on the nose. You pretty much know what this is. Adultery, voluntary sexual intercourse between a married person and a person who is, he is or not, is not their spouse. That's adultery. Yes, that's still not allowed, by the way. Um, fornication. <laughs> sexual intercourse. Between people who are not married. Amen. <laughs> now, I know that's not a popular subject, isn't it, now? Because we want to trade out women and men like we trade out cars. We want to take a test drive and a ride, if you understand my meaning, and see whether we like it or not. But right. this is called fornication. Yep. Uncleanness. Charles threw out the word uncleanness. Charles, you stop me. Anytime you want to comment on these things, please interrupt. Uncleanness. That means not clean, dirty, or morally impure, evil, vile, with unclean thoughts, chiefly unclean biblical thoughts, having a physical or moral blemish so as to make uh, one uh, not follow according to the laws. Now, here, here, here's the thing. Um, I, I'm at work. Let me see if I can show uncleanness. I'm at work, and a woman comes by. Now, most of today's women like to show off their attributes, don't they, Charles? They yep. like to flaunt them things, and I'm at work. Now, here's the difference. I turn my head because, yep. you know, every once in a while, Satan will want your head to turn, or he might turn it, your head for you, and you look at that woman, and you gaze upon her. Now, the right thing to do is to go, nope, 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 turn away and not look right. and not think any more about it. But, you know, today's Christians today go, wow, that's awesome, isn't it? And start begin to talk about all the things they'd like to do to said woman, even though that ain't their spouse. 
That's uncleanness. Entertaining dirty thoughts. That's uncleanness. Let me let me go on a little further. Lasciviousness. I know that's a big word, so let's define this. Lasciviousness. Inclined to lustfulness. Wanton, lewd, uh, lascivious behavior. Arousing sexual desire. Lascivious photographs indicating sexual interest or expressed lust or lewdness. Charles, help me with this one, maybe. This this will be what it is. Pornography. Let's use that. I'm, I'm trying to throw it quickly in everyday terms. Pornography. It's still yeah. wrong. It's it's not good. It's It does not ever, ever throw a good seed. If you're looking to lust after pornography, it is planting poison in your soul. How many marriages have yeah. been destroyed, have, have wound up in the divorce court because said man or said woman couldn't stop looking at pornography. No. I, I, I'm just being honest with you today, folks. And I know there's there's been this really loose, flying, loose, affiliated gospel out there that says you can do these things and you're still okay. No, you cannot. These things have spiritual consequences. Yes, they will they cut do. off your power. They will. That's why the devil's trying to throw them in your life and get you to take them. They, they cut off your power. They cut off your prayer life. They cut off your joy and your peace. They cut off all the blessings that God has got planned for you in your life. If you entertain these things, if you think you can walk with the Spirit of God and with one of these things, you are fooled. And that preacher that's telling you that is fooled. I got to stop. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. <laughs> Idolatry. Here's a good one. Charles, I want you to help me with this a little bit now. Yeah. Idolatry. Yeah. As defined in Webster's Dictionary, it's extreme admiration, love, or reverence for something or someone. <laughs> now, most of us, I'm, I, I love you now. I hope you don't get mad at me. Most of us have got one of the biggest Molex that we can think of. I think Mom. they make 75 inches of Molex now. You can go to Walmart and get a 75-incher. And you can't free. break free. I tell you, I feel the Spirit of God beckoning and, and i feel his heart kind of broken this yeah. morning because yeah. we can't get away from super bowl sunday long enough to say thank you lord even some churches today will bring in a big 75 inch molek right in their church sanctuary and have super bowl sunday while the lord who crucified on a cross and gave his life and precious blood is sitting there in tears wondering why they don't talk to me anymore why they don't care we we will shout, Charles, at a, at a football game. Now, mind you, I like football. I'm, I'm going to confess I like football. But we will stand up, shout, holler, throw mustard bottles, if you will, at a football game and, and scream and shout. But to get somebody to do that for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who saved your very soul from a devil's hell, you might as well pry open a can of tomato sauce. And I'm telling you today that we've got to stop doing this we've got to recognize what is idolatry in our life and i'm going to simply define this and i want you charles to help me with this anything anyone yes. that is above your love for jesus christ anything or anyone that you could say wow i'd have a hard time making a decision if i had to choose jesus or this thing. I know I'm picking yeah. on TV, but it can be anything. Charles, anything you would like to add to that? Absolutely. I know you like I that. Know, I know a lot of people, when they read the word idolatry, they get in their mind, 
in their mind's eye, they had this person kneeling before a statue. <laughs> and they think that idolatry is worshiping some kind of an idol, but and that's true in in the in the in the most simple sense. And in the Old Testament, they were definitely guilty of kneeling down to statues and dead gods and symbols of things that were not of God, and that was idolatry. But today, idolatry is still rampant, and it's even rampant in the house of God, as you so eloquently placed, Scott, all of us in, is idolatry is simply this, listener, anything that you spend more of your time and resources on other than God, meaning that idolatry could be something as simple as television. Mm. If you spend all of your time in television and binge watching Netflix and watching that latest series, and you do not spend time in God's word, you do not spend time in prayer. You do not give God his due diligence. Then you are guilty of idolatry. Idolatry could be something Scott as simple as fishing, hunting and playing golf. If I would rather go play golf than spend time with God, golf has become an idol in my life. Just like you said, Scott, there are, it could be something or someone. A lot of people are guilty guilty of idolatry between people, meaning that they Mm -hmm. love something or someone more than they love God. Jesus said it this way. He said, if you do not hate your brother, mother, father, sister, child, as compared to the love for me, then you cannot be my disciple. He said it this way. He said, you must forsake all. There are people, Scott, that would give up their salvation for their spouses or their children. Oh, yeah. I know that sounds wonderful. I know that that sounds like, well, there's nothing I love more than my kids. And if it came to a choice between me going to hell or my kid going to hell, I would say I could go to hell. Well, listener, I know that sounds noble, but it's not correct. It's not biblical. You cannot go to hell for someone else. Mm-mm. You cannot take someone else's place. And contrary to Catholic belief, you cannot pray somebody out of hell. No. There is no such thing as perdition. Everyone will give an account for their own life. And you must love God more than you love your spouse. And yes, parent, you must love God more than you love your children. There are people, Scott, recorded in Fox's Book of Martyrs that had to endure watching their children being sodomized and killed in horrible ways in front of them because they would not deny Jesus. And they had to watch their kids go through these horrible tortures, and they loved God more, so they did not give in. God, there's only one thing that will give you the power to do that, and that's walking in the Spirit. Yes, yes, it's yes. Being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Listener, I understand. Your love for your kids can be strong, but if it ever came to a time where you had to choose between your kids and your salvation or your God, the only thing that's going to give you the ability to choose God over anything else is going to be your the power that you've allowed the Holy Spirit to have in your life. 
So idolatry is still very rampant today. Idolatry is still very present in the world and unfortunately in the body of Christ. Scott, go ahead and go on with the list. Well said. And, and if you don't think for a moment that God will not challenge you because yep. God sees your heart, ma'am and sir, completely. You might have even hid things from yourself in your heart that you don't know. But God sees everything in your heart. And if you don't think that he won't challenge you on this situation, if he looks in your heart and he sees that there's more love for this thing or this person than there is for him, and you don't think he won't challenge you, then you have forgotten the story of Abraham and Isaac, haven't you? You've forgotten that Abraham wanted a child so bad. Oh, he made so many bad decisions. He'd done so many bad things to get a child. But when he finally received the child of promise, God looked in his heart and said, uh-oh, I got a situation. I got yep. a situation where Abraham's loving that child. It's all he thinks about. It's, he's consumed with this child. Does he still love me? And so Abraham, I know you know the story, but listen to me a minute. Abraham had to take his only son, his only promise, his only child, the child of his old age, and take him up to the top of a hill somewhere that God said, I want you to take him up there. I want you to have him for a sacrifice for me. I want you to kill him for me. That's exactly what happened. And just as Abraham did so and raised the knife, Charles, to bury it in the chest of his one and only child, that is when God said, stop. I know now that you love me. I know now that you do. And listen to me, listener. If you don't think that God won't challenge you in such manner, I'm not saying he's going to tell you to take your child up to a hill and kill him. But he's going to challenge you in your life at some point somewhere where you will have to make a decision whom you love the most. Whether it's the God that you that delivered you, that, lo that loves you with all his heart, or the thing or the person. And, and I'm going to get a little angry right here for a moment, if you don't mind. But Charles... We don't have to have 75 inches of Molech. We've nope. got one that's just about 5.5 inches wide that's never mm -hmm. two feet away from us. Mm -hmm. And that's your mm -hmm. phone. How much time do you spend on that phone perusing Facebook and arguing with people who are not going to listen because they're there just for the sake of arguing, and you spend more time in that than you do calling on the name of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who's going to deliver you out of that situation you're in? <laughs> I love you. Oh. I love you. So let's go on. Witchcraft. I can't believe, and, and I'm going to say this, Charles, I want you to help me comment on this too. I can't believe this is still a situation. Yeah. I cannot believe, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that this is still a problem in the house of God. Let me read the definition. Witchcraft, the practice of magic, especially black magic, the use of spells in a modern context, religious practice involving magic and affinity with natural spirits usually within a pagan tradition. I can't believe, let me, let me put this into the vernacular of today. I can't believe the amount of Christians today who get in a situation where they don't know what to do and they really need the power of God to deliver them, but we'll call up 1-900, ask a soothsayer, ask yep. a magician. Hey, hey yeah. man, will you get on that Ouija board and tell me what I need to do? Hey, will, will you uh, divine for me? Help me, help us, God. You know what? The Bible declares that we are never, ever supposed to affiliate, talk to, listen to anyone who is practicing this type of witchcraft and spells. Anything that does not come from God and from the Holy Spirit 
is something that is designed to kill you. Do you honestly think that you're, you're talking to Satan? Do you honestly think that Satan gives one iota about you or the situation you're in? He's going to tell you what you want to hear so he can lead mm. you astray. Charles, what, what would you add to this as well? Uh, again, this is one of these words where people, when they hear the word witchcraft, they get into these mind, their mind. Some woman, some witch dressed up in a pointy hat, wearing a, riding a broom. But witchcraft is not only spelled, which it is. I mean, we have witches today, people who claim to be witches, things like Wicca and things of that nature that are still straight from the pits of hell. But witchcraft is also manipulation and rebellion. The Bible says rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft. And there are a lot of people guilty of this sin, Scott, because they rebel against God. They rebel against authority. They rebel against their parents. They yes. are guilty of the sin of witchcraft. Manipulating someone else to get your way. That's exactly what witchcraft mm. is. It's manipulation. It's all these things. And Scott, you said it right. You know, and this includes horoscopes. I want to tell people. Psychics. Yeah, psychics, horoscopes, things of that nature. These are all forbidden in the, in the Old Testament. They were condemned then, and they're condemned now. And I hope that you are getting led by the word of God and by his spirit and not any other kinds of spirits. <laughs> let's let's not forget the situation where Paul, I'm quickly telling it, where Paul came into this town. He just got off the boat. It had been a long journey on the water, and he oh. steps foot onto the docks, and here comes this woman, and oh. she is. Town. She's helping people with their problems. She can divine answers. It seems like she's getting otherworldly answers to questions that they ask. She's so powerful, Charles, that she can tell you what kind of card's going to come out of the 52 card deck before it even slaps the table. I mean, she's that potent. And she's helped people in that town, so they thought. What's yeah. the first thing that the Apostle Paul said to that woman when he stepped foot on that dock? Come out of her in the name of Jesus because she had an evil spirit that was divining these things to trick them and to trap them. I'm telling you, we listen to them people. You are going to be led astray and destruction at the end is going to happen in your life. Stay away from them. Well, I, I got to get it. I got to keep going. Thank you for helping me, Charles. Hatred. Huh. This, this is a tough one. Webster's yep. Dictionary defines hatred as intense dislike. Or ill will. It will. I'm glad they put that in there. Intense dislike. Intense dislike to someone. Or, or, or uh, you know, you, you're, you've been wronged. I'm, help me with this, Charles. You've been wronged. You've been done dirty. I'm going to tell you, this hurts. This hurts. You've been done dirty at work. You want to stand up in anger, and you think it's righteous. If you are hating your brother or your sister or you're hating someone, I don't care how justified. It doesn't matter to me what they did, and it might be justified what they did to you. It might have been a bad thing. I'm not dismissing it. But the wrong thing for you to do is to hold ill will. What does that mean, ill will? You'd like to see them dead. You'd like to see God strike them with a bolt of lightning. You'd like for something bad to happen. But we forget the words of Jesus, don't we, Charles, that if somebody strikes you on the one cheek, give them the other. 
If they ask for your cloak, give them your coat too. Pray for your enemies. Bless them that curse you. And so you are doing the will of your father. And we forget this, Charles. Hatred is a bondage. Hatred is a chain that will send you down a dark road that you will be separated from God from. Charles, anything you'd like to add to that? I think you did a wonderful job. I just want to reiterate the fact that hatred is very much rampant in the, unfortunately, in the house of God and in the body of Christ. If I wish ill will against my people, you know, the the disciples of Jesus, James and John, they they thought they were doing the right thing when they said, Jesus call, you know, they call fire down from heaven to consume somebody. And we told them to hush and stop spreading your gospel because they wasn't in our group. We got clicked in the house of God. We got people that are not in the same group, people that look different than us, smell yep. different than us. Scott, we'll look at people with tattoos and judge oh. them. Preach. We'll look at people with we'll look at people with different color hair than we have, and we'll judge them. We'll throw stones at somebody with pink hair and tattoos, and we don't address yep. that beam that's in our own eye, the hatred, because you're you are just as filthy, just as dirty, listener, yes. just as disgusting as anyone that you can imagine. It took the same amount of blood to cleanse your sins as it did to cleanse the sins of all those people that you put down lower than yourself. Mm. You, 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 you look down your nose at other people. You look down at that prostitute. You look down at that single mother that's raising a kid because she had some child out of wedlock. You look down at that kid who's rebelling. You look down at those people who don't go to the same places you go. They're mm. not in the same cliques or groups that you are. And you don't realize that you're guilty of hatred in your heart. And if you're not careful, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And with whatever you measure, it's going to be measured back to you. And Amen. if you're unmerciful, if you've got a vengeful spirit, if you hold grudges and you can't let things go, it's going to destroy your life and you will not inherit the kingdom of God as a result yes. of it. Yes. Well said. And I'm going I'm to add to this and we're going to move on. Jesus said, listener, the world will know that you are my disciple <clears throat> by what? And, and I know we just went through a series on gifts, but yep. it's not the gifts. It is not how much you prophesy. It is not how much you speak in tongues. It's not how much you evangelize. It's none of those things. Jesus said they will know you are my disciple by the love that yes. you have one for another. I can't, I, I'll never forget the day, Charles, that I was helping this church out. I know we've got to move. We're running out of time. Maybe we won't get through this whole list today. But I was helping a church out. This has been a while back. And they, they lost their pastor. He'd passed away. And this guy started coming to the church. Like Charles now, he was the definition of what you just said. He was full of tattoos all the way to his wrists. He, he did not look the part of a Christian, nor was he a Christian. But his wife was. And she talked him into coming to this little church. Now, now Charles, today's pastors, today's preachers would say, oh, my goodness, this unkempt, uh, tattooed up, uh, earrings and nose ring kind of fella. A man, he don't belong anywhere, anywhere else but in the back pew until he decides to make a confession. That's not what I did, Charles. Being led of the Spirit as I like to be, 
when I'd call for an altar call after a message was given and people were coming up to the I'd call him, said guy. I won't mention his name, but I'd call him, said guy. I'd say, hey, brother, could you come up here and help me? There's so many people up here that, that I'm going to lay hands on. He's like, me? I said, yeah, yeah. All you got to do is just stand beside him. You ain't got to do nothing else. Just help me. I'm in such need. He said, okay, I'll go. <laughs> now, he would come up there, and he would stand with them, and he would help these people. Boy, preachers would get mad at me now for doing yeah. this. But I kept him doing it, Charles, every Sunday. I'd give an altar call. I'd say, brother, can you come up here and help me? And he eventually, it didn't take no tugging after a while, Charles. He would come as soon as the altar call was given. Well, a few weeks of this went on, and I noticed changes started occurring to that man. And I never said one word. I didn't have to preach on anything. I didn't have to judge him out loud. But changes started occurring. And Charles, one day when I gave an altar call after a message, I didn't get a chance to call on my brother. He was already at the altar professing salvation and asking God to touch his heart and become yeah. born again. You see, you bunch of judges out there, you need to get right and ask God for forgiveness because you don't clean the fish. God does. It is your job to catch them, bring them in, and let God do the rest. Going on. Moving on. Moving on. Variance. Variance. The fact, or, and this is going to be a tough one, Charles. I'm asking for your help. Variance. The fact, or, mind you, now we're going through works of the flesh. You do these things, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I, I, I want you to forget that. Variance. The factor state of being in dissension and hard dispute against oh. another faction. So I'm going to go right for the teeth, Charles. I understand any African-American that's listening to this podcast. I love you in the Lord. I don't care what your color is. God don't either. I love you in the Lord. But Black Lives Matter. That deal where we went into town. I'm, I'm giving you an example. That deal where we went into towns and destroyed everything and killed one another, thinking that we're going to change things that happened. I'm sorry. That's not the way you do it. That's not no. the way you do it. Let's go back to Martin Luther King. He had the right idea. He prayed and he sought God. And he said, I've got a dream where when the Holy Spirit will come down, if we'll pray him good enough, that black kids and white kids will begin to play together and love one another. It's through the Spirit. It's by the Spirit. If you're doing it a militant way or any other way, you are committing the sin of variance. Anything right. that uses hatred, yeah. maliciousness, anger, uh, trying to kill one another and hurt one another as a means of changing something will never work. And it's the sin of variance. Charles, would you add anything to that? I just want to reiterate militant Christianity is a sin. I will not force anyone to give their heart to God. God does not respect me to go out there and try to convert people with anger and with judgment and with anger in my heart and hatred in my heart and variance. If I take on a semblance of political stanch, you know, stonk standing on the ground and throwing my finger in someone else's face instead of loving them, I am just as much if not more the problem than those people are. Mm -hmm. And we must love God's people. We cannot change anyone with our political assertions. We cannot change anyone with our negativity. We would only be able to change the hearts of the people like Jesus did. And that's with love one for another. 
Amen. Amen. And black lives do matter. Yellow lives do matter. White lives do matter. All lives matter. And God loves every single one of us. But it's through and by what Charles just said, love and the power of the Holy Spirit that changes are occurring. Let me ask you this. Has anything changed in all that militant drive? Think nope. about that for a minute. All right. Let's, let's go on. I don't know. Charles, how much time we got left? I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. Emulations. Emulations. Defined in Webster's Dictionary as ambition or endeavor to equal or excel others in achievement around you. An imitation, the use of or technique of using an emulator, obsolete, ambitious, or envious, envious rivalry. So let me get back to that first definition. Ambition or endeavor to equal or excel others in achievement. Oh. <laughs> now, this is a tough one. Because we're told to do the best that we can. Because we're ambassadors for Christ. Yes, we are. We're, we're supposed to do our job and do it to the best of our ability because Jesus is watching. But if it's in your heart that you want what you see others have in yeah. their lives. Ah, I, I know this is going to hurt. <laughs> Boy, I want to take away. I want to take away that job that so-and-so's got because I want it. And yep. I'm going to do what I can to make myself look a lot better and destroy that other person. Oh, I want that kind of money. I want to have all that money that so-and-so is making instead of me. So then you'll take on hours upon hours of work. You'll take on all that extra overtime. In the meantime, your family begins to see very, very little of you and little of you. Pretty soon, that little child of yours might even forget your name because you're never around to see them anymore. The love between you and your wife gets cold and waxes cold, and she begins to be tempted by somebody else because you're not around. You just got to have that achievement the other person's got. You got to have that money. Charles, we've crossed the line when it's our desire to have what someone else possesses over top of what we should be already thankful for that we have, that God has blessed us with, and be blessing others that they get the same kind of blessing. Would you add anything to that? You know, we call it keeping, with, keeping up with the Joneses. You know, I, I've seen so many people guilty of this, Christians as well as a sinner. You know, we got to have our yard mowed at the same time our next door neighbor has to have their yard mowed. <laughs> we got to have a bigger fence than our neighbor does. We have to have a nicer car than our neighbor has. You know, these are all things, you know, I, I hear excuses like, well, I want my kids to have what I didn't have when I was young. The most valuable thing you can give your kid other than a, a, a other than a upbringing in God's God's word and and knowledge of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is time. Time spent with your child is more valuable than anything yes. you can give them in a material sense. Yes. And there are a lot of people out there, Scott, like you said, that are doing everything they can to provide for their family to the point where their family doesn't see them and they're actually doing themselves damage and they're guilty of this emulation that you're speaking about. And nothing we get on this side will go with us. And the Bible says, lay not your treasures on the earth, but lay them up in heaven. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Mm. And God, materialism is very rampant in the house of God today. Yes. 
We have very materialistic Christians. We have very materialistic pastors. We yes. have very materialistic evangelists. Uh, we got evangelists and ministers on TV that have mansions and four or five cars in their garage, and they're preaching to sacrifice yourself for the love of other people when they won't even sacrifice one of their cards to feed the hungry. Great. Scott, materialism is right here in this word. And you can be materialistic and be poor. But if your effort is spent on trying to gain things instead of gaining the kingdom of God, you're guilty of this work of the flesh. Absolutely. And I'm on a name drop because I'm just that angry today. Kenneth Copeland. Got on television. If you're listening to Kenneth Copeland, I hope you take notice of this. Got on television, Charles, you saw it too, and said, I can no longer preach the gospel. I'm hindered unless all the people that are listening to me contribute money so I can get my $20 million G6 jet so I can preach the gospel, my luxurious $20 million G6 jet so I can preach the gospel. I can't do it anymore unless everybody. So one by one, these poor blind followers contribute everything to they might they might be missing meals uh, uh, with their family to give this man enough money to buy his twenty million dollar luxurious jet. We're caught up in materialism, just like yep. Charles said. A lot of these preachers that you hold in high regard. Have they ever called your phone, by the way? Number two, they won't even pray for you unless you give them a seed. Ah, now, yeah. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you right now, the, the, the sin of emulation, the sin of this will destroy you. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me continue. This one's pretty simple on the nose. Wrath. And, and this, is, this is just pure. The difference between this and what we just explained up there about uh, hatred. Wrath. Wrath is something that is all-consuming. It's all hatred for everything. Have you ever have you ever been in a place? And Charles, help me describe this. Have you ever been to a place in a state where you just hated everything and everybody, and you couldn't stand it, and you were eat up with anger? You were consumed with the fact that life ain't fair, and life ain't been fair to me. And I hate life and I hate people. I don't like talking to people anymore. I don't like doing this kind of stuff anymore. And it's continual wrath. And, and you're just, you're wishing and hoping that bad things would happen all the way around. You're wishing and hoping bad things would happen to you and that your life would end. That kind of wrath, Charles, it's all consuming. It's from the devil and it will kill you if you leave it unattended. Anything you would add to that? Uh, Scott, you said the word anger. Anger has absolutely infested the hearts of Christians today. They're angry about who's the president. They're angry about who's in charge. They're angry about what's going on in the world. They're angry about how unfair life is. And it's okay to be angry, but the Bible says be angry and sin not. Meaning that you need to get that anger under control. It, Paul said he, he learned that with every state that he was in, whether he be rich or poor, whether he be on top or bottom, whether he was on the mountaintop or in the valley, that he was content. And if you have anger in your heart, if you're continually angry and you know these people that you hang, you know these people I'm talking about, listener, they're angry all the time. They're always complaining. There's always complaining. You know what, Scott? One of the things that 
caused God to judge the children of Israel in the Old Testament in the wilderness was their constant murmuring and complaining. Yeah. And yeah, if yeah. we don't get a if we don't get a hold on this, it's going to cause bitterness in our hearts. It's going to cause unbelief to take root. It's going to cause us to miss out on the kingdom of God and eventually miss out on the kingdom of heaven. If you've got an angry, angry spirit listener, if you've got a, a discontented spirit in you, if you're angry all the time, if you're if, if you notice that you're never content, you need to get on your face and seek God for deliverance from this because this is the sin of wrath and it will destroy your soul. Mm. And here's a telltale sign of that to add to what Charles just said. It's a hair trigger temper. Oh, boy. I'm going to tell you, yeah. now, this, this yeah. hurts me because I've had to deal with it, too. God, I'm raising my hand. I've, I've had to deal with this. A hair trigger temper. The boss does something at work. And immediately your blood pressure is 210 over 100 and you're angry and you're mad. The, the, the wife does something that you don't like. The child does something that just totally just ticks you off and, and you are constantly in a hair trigger temper. You're there. You're guilty of this. God help you. God lay this at the altar and ask God to help you with this chain. It will kill you, just like Charles said. Charles, I don't know how much farther you want to go. I know we're I know we're long on time. If you want me yeah. to continue, yeah. I will. Well, maybe we are to hold off right there, Scott, and wrap this one up because we are running out of time. I don't have a problem waiting until the next podcast to continue this list because I believe there's a lot of people listening to us, Scott, whose eyes are being opened. And who are realizing that there's more to this list of sins than meet the eye and that they've been guilty of allowing these things in their heart. Maybe they are ones that have committed adultery and fornication. Maybe they have that lasciviousness or lustful spirit. Maybe they're guilty of idolatry and they're spending their time and money on things or they have someone else in higher regard than God. Maybe they have witchcraft maybe they manipulate people maybe they have hatred maybe they're angry all the time maybe they have some of these sins and it's showing up and god's shining that spotlight on them and i believe god's doing a lot of revealing of where our hearts truly are scott yes what i want to say in these last few minutes of this podcast is what we are doing and you would ask yourself why are y'all spending so much time on the works of the flesh because listener, these are seeds. The enemy is attempting to sow into your heart on a daily basis. Yes. He looks for opportunities, door openers, every chance that he can get to sow one of these seeds in your heart. And like I said, whatever's inside your heart is going to come out. And if you have spirit, control inside of you if the holy ghost is in charge then you're going to have the characteristics of the fruit of the spirit but if some of these things that scott has read off today and some of these things that the holy spirit has described today seem to be reflected in your life then you have allowed the works of the flesh to sow seeds inside your heart that is going to lead you down a road where you're in danger of missing out on the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And we do not want that for you. We are giving you, Scott, 
God said that his people perish for a lack of knowledge. Mm. There are a lot of people out there right now that wonder why so many bad things happen in their life. They wonder why the enemy has such freedom. It seems to come in and wreak havoc in their lives. It's because they have doors open. They have seeds of the works of the flesh sown in their life. They have hatred. They have anger. They have bitterness. They have unforgiveness. That's a big one we're going to have to talk about next Mm. week. Unforgiveness in their heart. And they wonder why the enemy has such freedom. It's because, listener, you have allowed a door to be opened in your heart that gives the enemy the ability to walk in and wreak havoc in your life. And we are trying to expose the enemy and his tricks. Paul said, we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. And we don't want you to be ignorant of the seeds that he attempts to sow in your lives. We want you to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We want you to live in understanding and not in blind ignorance. A lot of people walk around like ostriches, Scott, with their heads stuck in the sand. And they say, well, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just trust God. Well, trusting God doesn't mean ignorance. Trusting (laughs) God means you understand what his word says. God has wrote it down in 66 books. And if you don't take the time to read it and study it, then God's not going to bless you. You're not going to see the prosperous blessings that Jesus promised of a life and a life more abundantly. If you continue to stick your head in the sand and just go blindly through your day and not study God's word, not be aware of the things that God has written about in his word, not be aware of the enemy's devices and the pitfalls that God said to look out for, then you are going to be the devil's punching bag all of your life, listener. And Scott has tried, and I have tried, and the Holy Spirit is trying to give you wisdom to give you understanding, to give you something you can build your life upon, to give you victory in your life. The reason why we suffer so much is because we do not know what we allow the enemy to do in our lives. We are not aware of his devices. We have let these seeds be sown, and we're not doing anything to do about plucking them out. Now, here's the good news. Yeah. Let's end this on a good note, Scott. The good news is is that even though we may have made mistakes and even though we may have allowed the enemy to sow seeds of discord and destruction in our lives, God can redeem the time. He can restore. It says he can restore what the the caterpillar has eaten, what the canker worm has eaten, what the locust has eaten. He can take the damage that the devil has done. He is the greatest custodian of all the universe. He can clean up our mess. He can turn around a bad situation. He can bring us through. Does not mean, listener, that you won't suffer and you won't reap what you've sown, but you can make it through it with God's help. You can redeem the time. You can restore what the devil has stole from you by submitting yourself to God, by confessing your faults, by asking God to pluck up those things that you have allowed the enemy to sow in your life and to begin to do what we said at the beginning of this podcast, break up your fallow ground, sow righteousness, seek God's face. Then it says he will come and rain righteousness upon your life. Listener, 
Aren't you tired, listener? Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of walking the walk that you've been walking without the blessings of God? Aren't you tired of looking around and seeing all your brothers and sisters being blessed and wondering, why is this not working for me? Aren't you tired of the enemy just able to walk into your kids' lives, your spouse's life? Aren't you tired? The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Yes. And Scott, it doesn't matter if we're born again or not. If we sin, the wages of sin is death. Yes. And if we sow to the flesh, we shall of the flesh reap corruption. Yes. And Scott, a lot of us, we are so we are we have sowed, we have neglected, we have allowed the enemy, and we have we are reaping a harvest of destruction and hardship. And it need not be that way. And God can help us if we just submit our lives to him. If we just decide, make an intentional conscious decision to start sowing righteousness into our lives, to allow God's spotlight to shine upon us, to see the way our lives really are, to ask God to reveal to us where we've opened the doors to Satan where we have allowed Satan to sell so things in our lives, God can begin to restore, rebuild, renew and revive us. Yes. God, I want you to pray. And these last couple of minutes of the podcast, pray for us, pray for all of us that we wise up, that we realize that we see the enemy's devices, that we see what we've been doing with either conscious decisions of sowing destruction or neglect of the weeds that are growing in our garden but whatever the case may be pray that we start allowing god to take out those things that need to be taken out and to sow good things into our lives and to start reaping a life of righteousness and benefits and blessings in god and to most of all be controlled by the holy spirit yeah to begin to walk in the spirit so that we no longer fulfill these mm. lusts of the flesh, that we no longer walk in the flesh and commit these works of the flesh, but we are being controlled by the Spirit. Would you pray? I will pray. Ain't it so wonderful, listener, this morning? Quickly, I'm going to say this. We might have found you in one of these definitions, and we're not even done yet. If you got through that unscathed in the first half, hold on. I got part number two coming. But we might have found you in one of these definitions. And it's just a little bit, Charles. It's just a little bit of leaven that leavens the whole lump. There might be some people listening to us today that might say, I ain't committed adultery. I've not had sex with, with another woman outside of my marriage. Have you lingered just a little bit too long looking at that woman at work and uh, that caboose she's got? You lingered just a little bit too long. Oh, one dirty joke ain't going to hurt nothing. A little leaven <laughs> leavens the whole lump. But here's the good news. Look, and Charles just quoted it. Let me let me end it right here with this. God did not leave us powerless. God right. did not leave us chained to these works of the flesh and not able to stop. It's a lie if any preacher says you can't stop. They don't know their word and they're lying to you. I'm going to quote it right here. This I say then, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. He's gave us the power. It's in the Holy Ghost. 
And that's who we need this today to start walking in that new life Charles just spoke about. And it starts walking in the spirit means obeying him. It starts with confessing. It starts with you being real and being honest before God. God, I've got a problem with pornography. Lord, I, I have a problem with hatred. I hate everything and everybody. Lord, I even hate you. I hope you're honest with him. If you've got hatred toward God, I hope you're being honest because he knows it's there. But honesty is the beginning of deliverance. And it's time to be real and honesty, honest before God. I, I, Lord, I've got a problem with this. I, I can't stop doing this. And I need your spirit to break me free now. You know, yep. he's willing. You know, he's able. You know, he wants to. He's just been waiting on you to confess. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us us from all unrighteousness father we thank you this morning lord for this word i know it's been tough but lord you know i read in our word god where you said if you chastise us if you spank us that's because we're sons that's because we're sons and daughters when you chasten us you're helping us and lord if we never got a chastening if we never got a hard message if we never got a hard word then we might be bastards and not sons. But I thank you for this chastening this morning. I thank you for this correction. I thank you. Your light is revealing the leaven in our lives. And God, I pray right now for each person listening. I pray that they get past the anger. I pray that they get past the offense. I pray that they, how dare you spirit on them. I pray they get past that. And I pray they let the light of the Holy Spirit shine in their heart and realize where they're at. And the reason things are the way they are and why the prayers aren't getting answered, Lord. And, and God, I pray right now that they build a bridge. They decide to pray and build a bridge back to you. I confess whichever one of these things I'm guilty of, I confess. Lord, I apologize. I give in to it, Lord. I hope you're praying this with me, listener. Lord, I, I give in to this thing. I have this thing in my life. I, I have a problem with this thing and I need help. I do not have the strength, Lord. I've tried. I've tried to do it in myself. I've tried to hide it. I've tried to cover it up. I've tried to put it in a closet so nobody could see it, but it's still there. And God, I need to get rid of it. I need to go in and they sing a song. I need to go into that room that even I don't want to go in my heart. And yeah. God, I need to let you go in too and to help me clean that room out. That room of hatred, variance, anger, fornication, adultery, strife, all that. I need you to take it out, Lord. And God, I'm thankful. You've promised that you will clean if I ask. You will yeah. redeem if I will ask. You will renew if I ask. You'll renew the joys of my salvation, my strength, and my walk with you, my spirit, if I will just ask. And Father, I'm asking for me, for Charles, and for everyone listening this morning that you help us. God, you promised us the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that for every person listening. We thank you for this word. I pray that every listener receives this. I pray that they do it in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good prayer. Thank you so much, Father, for being good to us. You know, Scott, it says that his rod and his staff comforts us. Yes. And I love the staff. I love the leading, but sometimes we need a good old fashioned whipping from our father. Yep. And I thank God for those whippings just as much. Listener, I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. I hope that you are 
more wise than you were before you started this podcast. I hope that you realize the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. He seeks for every opportunity. But if we guard our hearts like the word instructs, God will make sure that the enemy doesn't have free reign in our lives. If you've enjoyed this podcast today, share it with others. Help us to get this word out. Be a help and a productive part of this ministry. Be a partner with us by sharing this word with others. We have other resources that you can enjoy. We have a Facebook page, Cry of the Watchman, that you can uh, you can partake of. We also have the Instagram and Twitter accounts you can follow. We have blogs that you can read of messages that God has shared with Scott and myself in the past. They'll be linked in the show notes of this podcast. We ask you to enjoy all these resources while we are apart. Lord willing, next week we're going to bring you part two of this wonderful message that God has given us concerning the works of the flesh and what to avoid and how to recognize the enemy in our lives. It is so wonderful what God has done today. I want to thank God for speaking to us. I want to thank you, Scott, for helping me with this podcast today. I want to encourage all the listeners to continue to pray and seek God's face. Allow the Holy Spirit to control your lives. Walk in the Holy Spirit, and you will not be guilty of this lust of the flesh, these works of the flesh, and God will begin to rain his righteousness upon you. Until next time, it is the prayer of the cry of the watchman. It is the prayer of the Key of David podcast that each and every person listening to me repents for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.